Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Good afternoon. Good, good avo. Oh, yeah. I'm learning. I'm getting there. Slowly. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence. I ask you, Jesus, to speak to our heart. Bring transformation and not just information. Use me as a vessel and you as a source. We pray that after today, we will be transformed by your revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. The title of my message to you tonight or this afternoon is Do What You Are Told or Trouble. I think mothers understand what I'm talking about. Do what you are told or trouble. When uh, a few years ago I was preparing a couple for, my wife and I were preparing a couple for their wedding. Normally, we don't prepare people for wedding. We prepare people for marriage. And uh, during the conversation, we go to a place where we normally talk about marriage vows. And uh, the girl said, say everything you want, but don't ask me to say, I will obey my husband. I can't say that term. That was like five years ago. Traditionally, the word obey was part of the traditional uh, vow for women. So the, the husband will say, I will love you for the rest of my life. And the wife will say, and I will obey you for the rest of my life. Maybe some, of, some ladies in this room said that, thing, that, that word. So that was like, I can see the tension already in the room. I can see how people are opposing what I'm saying. <laughs> this tradition has changed. I believe these days, in most cases, uh, women and men, they normally say, most people say, I will honor you, I will love you. So both, both sides say the same thing. I will love you, I will honor you. But why is it a problem to say I will obey you? Why is it problematic to say I will obey you? Uh, maybe because some men abused of their role as uh, leaders or whatever role they have as husbands in, in, in their marriage. Or maybe because after the women emancipation, we came to realize that both men and women are equal. And when there is equality, you don't need to use the term obey. I, I, maybe both of them should use the term obey because they are all both equal. Maybe women should say I will obey and men should say I will obey. But it doesn't, it loses its, its meaning if both of them should say I will obey. So I think honor, honor, respect, love works better than obey. So I, I did not come here to tell you to start using obey. No, no, that's one. I, I was just giving you an example. I, I realized that that word is not used anymore. 
And I support the idea, I support the fact that women and, and, and men are equal. Uh, men and women are equal, husband and wives are equal. So maybe we, we, we should search for better words in our um, uh, vows. If you search the term obey or obedience from the dictionary, you will realize that the use of the word has declined dramatically. From the 19th century to now, it is like from the 18th century centuries to now, it is dropped in our society very dramatically. Even among parents and children, we don't use that word again. You don't tell your children, obey me. I don't know why. I think we should say it. That's just an opinion. I think it's a good word to bring back. Mostly between children and parents. Why that? Is it because humans are becoming more and more independent and the more we realize that we're independent, we can't use the term obey? I should tell those guys there to obey me and stop making noise. Oh, they obey. They stop. Well done. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> Is it because we don't need obedience among ourselves anymore? Is that, that's word obedience. Is it uh, an old school idea that we don't need anymore? We need to revolutionize ourselves. And the more we become uh, uh, woke, we, 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 we ignore that that term should not be used. Is it because obedience in itself is a bad thing? Is obedience a bad thing? I know some of you already have answers. Maybe during the conversation later you will give me your answers. One thing we can agree, we can agree on is that our culture is shifting and obedience has become a foreign concept. At least all of us, we can agree on that. That to tell someone to obey you is, has become strange. Who are you to ask me to obey you? That's like, who are you? Are you Caesar? Or who are you to stand in front of me and tell me to obey you? It has become a really strange concept. And I understand some people have been abused by, by their own parents and and parents were saying, you should obey me no, no matter what. Or there are bosses at work. Or someone in authority. And you really felt like the term obey is evil. Because of what happened to you before. Or maybe you've never been taught anything about obedience. Maybe your parents did not use that term. Because it didn't start now. I think it started by my generation or before my generation. The word obedience started to lose its place in our community. Or maybe you're simply not comfortable with the concept of doing what you are told. Most people are not just comfortable to do what they are told. So if you ask them to obey, you are the problem, not them. So we are living in a generation where people are becoming more and more allergic, hypersensitive to the concept of obedience. Even the congregation I'm talking to now, I know if I ask people, how many people would like me to stop? 
most people will feel like eh, maybe that's that not a very good topic if you want to keep our attention for 20 minutes. I will try to go quick. You will love it. However, in the army, obedience is not optional. It's not. Obedience is not optional in the army. If obedience would become optional in the army, and if every decision would be negotiable in the army, no nation will stand their enemies. Do you know that? No nation will stand their enemies. Obedience is key to any army's survival. So, obedience is still around. It's still around. It just depends on where. If you join the army, the first thing they will teach you is do what you are told. Or trouble. You may find it hard to do what you are told, but in our relationship with God, you do as you are told, or you set yourself up for trouble. In our relationship with God, it's an army. And our relationship with God, we do what we are told. You may need to know that our obedience to God is currently optional, but it will be compulsory on the last day. We can enjoy that freedom of not listening to what God says now, but one day you will have to bow your knee to Jesus. God is sovereign. He does not need me, does not need us. And when he asks us to obey him, he wants what's best for us. Not what's best for him, what's best for us. Out, our obedience to God, it benefits us. It benefits us. It sets us up for success. Don't think you can negotiate your way to heaven. Access to Access to God's best is acquired through obedience. If you want the best, the best for your life, it's not negotiable. It's come through obedience to God. And when I'm saying obedience to God, I need to be clear. I'm not talking about obedience to the pastor or obedience to your team leader, I'm talking about obedience to God, the sovereign God. Obedience to God aligns us to what's best for us. What's best for us. When we obey God, we align ourselves with the best life. The best life. Everything God asks us to do or not to do is out of love. God's commands are inspired by love. God gives us his commands because he loves us. God expects us to obey him as our response to his love. 1 John 5, 2-3. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his command. In fact... This is love for God to keep his command, and his commands are not burdensome. 
Loving God is keeping his command. If we love him, we listen to what he says. And his commands are not burdensome. It means his commands are not designed to crush us, to oppress us, or to make us miserable. God's commands are designed to help us get the best out of our lives. That's why God gives us his command. So let me give you some thoughts around obedience. Sometimes God demands very costly obedience. And I will take that example from the Bible. He taught, he taught Abraham in Genesis 22 two, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there is a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. That was a costly obedience. It was a simple command. It was clear. It involved Abraham, Abraham's sons. And also it involved the promise of God that many nations will be blessed through Isaac. Abraham could have said, no, it's too much. No, 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 I can't do this. It's just too much on me. He went right ahead on the pathway of obedience and won God's heart. Do you know that there is an Isaac, an Isaac in everyone's life? There is an Isaac in your life. You too will come to the point where God wants to bless you. But he will ask you to give something you cherish. Because that thing is standing between you and him. So that he can bless you. God will ask you some, at some point to give up a person or a thing that you cherish so much. To sacrifice him, to sacrifice him or her in obedience to God. So your sacrifice may mean getting out of a sinful relationship. It may mean giving up something you love so much. And God wants you to give it up so that he can use you for what's best for you. The question is, are we ready to give up our Isaac and allow God to use us for generations to come? We see life in time. Everything we do, we plan. We plan in time. God sees life in eternity. He sees life from eternity to eternity. When he asks us to do something, he's not just looking at yesterday and today and tomorrow like we do. Our worries here, our worries here are limited in the next 20 years. Our worries here, maybe we, if you are really, really, really worried, it's about something that will happen tomorrow or next week or next year. When God looks at our life, for him, he is looking at eternity. How he can use your life to impact eternity. Abraham's life impacted eternity because of his obedience. Look, if Abraham could have said no, what would happen with the coming of Christ? Oh, let me give you another example. If Mary could have said no, if Mary could have said no, where could we find Jesus? The obedience of one person saved all of us. 
God may be asking you to do something or, or to stop doing something. You may think this is too much because you're looking at time. You, the, your sacrifice is limited in time. God's blessings are looking into eternity. God sometimes demands unpopular obedience. And that will be my second point for tonight. My last point for tonight. God will sometimes call those he loves to unpopular obedience. Unpopular obedience may be going against something everybody else is doing. In your office. In your community. Just out of obedience to God. As a teenager, I was raised to wait until I'm ready to get married, to get involved with girls. I know it's old school. I know. Sorry. That's how I was raised. The plan was not to have a girlfriend until I'm ready for marriage. It was not easy even my time. Don't think I'm too old. Even those days, it was not easy. It has never been easy. And I'm not saying it's a sin. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that's how I was raised. And each family can make that decision for themselves. It was a very unpopular concept. Most of my friends shared their experience with their girlfriends. And they were telling me things that were like blowing my mind. Did you do that? Did you see that? Did you touch that? And I was like, wow, wow. You are so ahead of me. I'm like an alien. Which, which, which planet am I coming from? And it was such like I was, I was behind of all my, boy, my, my, my friends. But on the other side, the lifestyle that I lived gave me focus. In school, in church, in serving God. I wrote songs in my teenage, more songs in my teenage than any other time. I wrote albums. I, was, I, I moved from one country to another doing music. And you know, do you know that I came to Australia as a musician? Invited on tour. I was focused with life. I'm not saying having a girlfriend is a distraction. But in most cases, for teenagers, it is. Yeah, you may disagree with me, but I know it is. Because I've been a boy before. Oh, that is up to you and your children. It's, it's, I'm not trying to interfere into your family businesses. The point I'm making is I listened to the people around me and I did exactly what was required of me. If you can be in a romantic relationship without falling in sin for five years, then congratulations. Congratulations. I'm talking about something very unpopular, I know. Don't miss next week, please. I'm preaching again. Please don't stay home because I'm preaching. Obedience to God is our alignment to what's best for us. Alignment to best for us. These days, people struggle to obey the police. Just the police. The police say, stop, stop you. People struggle these days. People struggle to obey nurses. Nurses. 
It seems like the, the idea of authority in life is going away. <laughs> the nurse is the person who is going to help you. But tell, sit there. Mm. Sit there. Mm. Sit down. It's okay to sit down. The people on the road, the people who, who help us to build the road. You know the people who build the road? And they say stop. And you keep just moving a bit, moving a bit. Stop. They said stop. Stop is stop. 40 is 40. Obedience in small things. The host will say, oh, please, can you sit there? Mm -mm. Can you sit there? Mm -mm. And you go and sit where you want to sit. But we are struggling to do what we are taught to do. And then we want God to bless us. Remember, obedience to God or a heart that is ready, that is humble, it's for your own benefit, for your own blessings. Not everything should be negotiated. If God is your Lord, if you trust him, you should be able to do what he tells you to do first and negotiate later. Jesus did not negotiate with the Father. He set the tone for us. And this is what we're going to talk about next year, next week. How Jesus set the tone for us. How he trusted the Father that he was not questioning the Father. He listened to the Father. Don't settle for less. There is more for you when you opt to live a life of obedience. There is friendship with God when you choose to live in obedience. There is a life in abundance when you choose to obey God. You will fulfill the purpose of God in your life only through obedience. You will advance God's cause on earth only through obedience. You will keep yourself and the people you love out of trouble through obedience to God only. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I know there are benefits. When we obey you, we are blessed. Today, Lord, I pray that this word will bring transformation in our heart. And I pray that, Lord, we will learn to listen to your word and obey. Help us, Lord, to change our heart. And I leave the rest into your hands. You are the great teacher, Holy Spirit. Teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.